Hey, before we start the show, I'd just like to thank all the patrons that patronise um, Musty Audio, the Hot Laps Musty Audio podcast. If you listen to any of the other stuff I do, uh, it wouldn't be possible for me to do my own stuff without um, without the patrons that come and help me do it because it's all off my own back. Um, if you want to subscribe to this podcast and you don't do it, or you've heard it on like a streaming service or something like that, look for um, Mussy Audio on your podcast platform and subscribe and you'll get all the other uh, podcasts we do. Um, and if you want all the podcasts we do, ad-free and early, depends how early they are sometimes, but more importantly, you'll get them without ads, then you need to go to Mussy Audio's patron and just sign up there for... Um, if there's two tiers, there's a dollar tier and there's a five dollar tier. The dollar tier gets you all the podcasts ad free. The five dollar tier gets you the extra podcast that we do. Uh, anyway, thanks for your help, guys, and I will see you very soon. Hey friends, how you doing? This is the second time I've tried to do this podcast because I started doing it without headphones on. I don't wear headphones a lot, you'll have noticed, for doing podcasts, but for some reason when I'm doing them on my own and I'm just sat in a living in a room, it makes me feel weird. I feel like I'm just sat in a room talking to myself if I don't have headphones on. It's really strange. I don't know. Anyway, um... <clears throat> This should be the beginning of just weekly uh, hot laps now because we should have stuff to talk about. There's a bit of stuff to talk about today. It's, I'm going to cover some of the stuff that we'd have normally covered in a three legs, four wheels. Uh, but seeing as how there's no three legs, four wheels, I'm all you've got. Anyway, let's get into some of the stuff I've just been reading on the interwebs. Um, Total Wolf has a played down the nonsense rumours that Mercedes are leaving Formula One. Uh, there was a lot of quotes for this, and uh, it was during a shareholders meeting uh, where they announced the partnership with a multinational chemical com uh, company that Lee cannot pronounce the name of. Uh, I-N-E-O-S. E Enos? Enos. That'd be it, won't it? E you know? well, who knows? I think it's Enos. Um but he's basically said they're in it for the long haul. Uh, Heath believes Formula One is still a great market to show off the brand. And uh, they build race cars and road cars. And F1 is the halo uh, platform for hybrid engineering. Uh, I wonder if he was having a joke when he said halo platform. Make, made me giggle anyway when I read it. Um, I happen to have a little bit of knowledge about this slightly, but well, at least from, from a couple of years ago. 
because when I was lucky enough to go and have a look around the Mercedes um, headquarters, I was speaking to um, one of the guys that's sort of in charge of the, um, I think he's like, he looks after some of the drivers and stuff like that. I can't actually remember what his job title was now, I'm afraid. Um, anyway, even back in 2018, there was talks that Mercedes might be pulling out of Formula One. And he went on to explain to us the amount of investment they were putting into the unit at Black Brackley, where they uh, where they built the cars, and it, and they, they were expanding. It's a, if you imagine um, like a, you know a normal industrial estate, but essentially the industrial estate is just Mercedes. That's kind of what you've got there. But they were expanding out further and building more facilities. So it was a big it was big building stuff that was going on at the time. I think that would have took most of 2018. So they were probably only started using those facilities last year. Um, it might even be something with a with an eye on 2021. So they've you know they had extra facilities for the essentially where they're going to be, you know, building a, a car which is going to be a pr- pretty big step in a different direction to what we've got right now. But who knows? I personally don't think Mercedes is going to go anywhere. Um, I'm not sure if Total Wolf will be around. But I've got a funny feeling the Mercedes team will be around. I'm not even sure if Lewis Hamilton will still be in it. Um, there was rumours that Lewis had signed another, uh, always on the verge of signing a, a two-year extension with Mercedes. But that's been shot down now by Lewis, saying that they haven't even began uh, contract negotiations, which wouldn't surprise me if that's true, because you're Lewis Hamilton, you are... I arguably the most valuable property on the grid. Um, any team would have you. There's a red team that would pay huge amounts of money for you. Why would you? Why would you do that before the season starts? Why would you do that before you see what's going on for next year? You know, in in that's something that's more fleshed out. I'm sure he's well involved with the uh, cars for next year in, in Mercedes, but. He's going to keep options open, isn't he? So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if there's like all these contract negotiations rumble on until the end of the year. I, it really wouldn't surprise me if you've got like top seats for available um, up until like, like after the season's finished. You know, through Christmas time, like we've had we've had before, where people hadn't got their seats in order. I don't. I don't see why there'd be any sort of. There's going to be no shortage of drivers, and there's going to be um, fewer, you know, a few cars that people are going to, can go into. So I don't, I don't see why anyone would make like rash decisions. I kind of think that Max Verstappen might have made a mistake, um, depending on how Red Bull go this year. But who knows? We'll just have to see. I mean, the Adrian Newey has always been the guy. When the rules have changed, like era-wise, rules are going to change era-wise. So he might do what he always does, and uh, Max Verstappen might find himself in a really strong position for next year or even this year. You know, it's, we're expecting a tight season between at least like the top two, 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 like top two teams, maybe three teams. Rooms off Ferrari might have fucked it a little bit, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think. I, I think Red Bull are going to be like there. In fact, f- my f- my fiver of I'll put a fiver on somebody before they've even hit the track in Melbourne would be a fiver on 
uh, Max Verstappen to win the race, just as a as my, as my wild punt. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, looking forward into twenty twenty one again. I think we're going to do this a lot through the course of the year. Um, Ross Braun wants to bring in some sort of new rulemaking structure where essentially you could change rules for Formula One more on the fly than they are now, as in um, it would take fewer votes. I think it would be like a a simple majority for an intermediate rule change through the season where it would be a majority of 25. I'm I'm not sure who votes at the minute. It's 28 is the supermajority, which would be like a change for the end of a season. But what he's proposing is a way that the teams could vote. Say somebody came in with a double diffuser idea. Uh, it would take fewer teams to vote that that changes for the next race. So you wouldn't have somebody bring a double diffuser or a F-duct and have like six or seven races of that advantage until the other teams could catch up. Now it would be a case of, look, you've exploited a grey area, other teams aren't happy with it, this gets shut down immediately. I kind of I kind of like it. He did go on to say that he doesn't want this to be, like, to stifle creativity. He just wants it to be, a, he wants to be able to shut down those, like, essentially, like, litigation errors where you've got somebody that's just put a comma in the wrong place, and that means that it can be interpreted in a different way, which means all of a sudden the Ferrari can have rocket boosters on the side because it didn't specify within the rules that they definitely couldn't have rocket boosters. So uh, I'm I'm all for, for stopping things like that if it keeps it close all the way through the year. And that seems to be, it's one of the, the main aims for 2021. Get the cars close together and make sure you can keep them close together without a team getting a significant advantage on the other other cars. Um, I mean, maybe you could argue that they may, maybe this is making it more of a spec series. I think that's kind of the, the sweet spot for Formula One would be something that the other teams are, or the teams have to build themselves and can interpret a certain way the way they can interpret them is just narrowed down a little bit. Uh, like it's, it sounds weird, but be, I suppose it'd be like a bespoke um, spec series at that point. So I, I'm, I, I read something the other day where someone was suggesting that maybe formula one should have took a year's break in 20, uh, 2020 just to build towards 2021. I, it was in autosport as well, which I, you know, I like autosport, but I don't understand how anybody that's like a professional journalist could even think that was possible. Can you imagine the revenue that would be lost in teams for advertising? The fact that you'd have to pay people like Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel for an entire year just to sit there because you're having a year off of Formula One. I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand why why it was even sort of thought of, to be perfectly honest. Um, Our last sort of um, looking into the future um, for 2021 piece is that 
uh, Ross Braun wants to uh, the teams to ditch big travel and motor homes, uh, homes, uh, labeling them gin palaces. Basically, saying uh, six races out of a nineteen race calendar or whatever it is now, um, the the teams are quite happy, like to to bring these massive motorhomes with them that they have to ship all around Europe. Yet, when they go to Japan or when they go to Bahrain, do they, no, we don't go to Bahrain anymore, do we? Do we? I need my mug with all the races on. Um, but the flyaway races, they're quite happy to use the um, the stuff that's already there, the, like the other facilities that are already at the track. So he wants to use this as an effort to bring down the like carbon footprint of Formula One. Car- uh, uh, the carbon footprint of for- Formula One is 256,551 tonnes of carbon. Um, it's I, anyone that will listen to uh, the Woken Dead podcast will know that uh, I'm I'm skeptical of the of the carbon credits uh, idea, and I'm skeptical of the reasons but reasoning behind it. I can't see this happening. To be perfectly honest, I think Formula One will always want somebody somewhere to do so somewhere grand. Do they do the deals with all the people that come round and the the great and the good and the rich and the famous. Um, I think what you will find is that Formula One will be carbon neutral or have their, uh, sorry, net carbon zero by 2030, which is the aim. Um, But you'll find that certain countries will probably get a a lower um, race fee in exchange for carbon tokens. Like to a car, I can see carbon tokens being used all over the world to uh, make massive companies seem like angels, and all they're really doing is pretending that they've made in, made a difference. I'm I'm a, I'm a massive skeptic when it comes to the the carbon carbon token idea, and I think that's what's happened to Formula One. I don't I don't really believe it. I don't. I think you can you can like. You can do things like the tire blankets and get rid of tire blankets, and that that makes us look greener. And we're we're using hybrid technology, and that makes us look greener. Or we're going to start like sending certain parts of freight by boat instead of plane and diesel guzzling uh, um, trucks. But essentially, I think it's just it's going to be a massive PR stunt, and I'm not going to buy it. I know fucking tell you is when i don't buy it uh so yeah i'm not going to go too much into that i just thought it was interesting that we might be getting rid of um motorhomes but you know this what will happen is it'll it'll be there'll be a big green push and like you know the red bull one will be uh is is like wooden cladded on the outside isn't it yeah but well in the future they'll be making entirely of 3d printed bamboo shoots so I again I think it'll just be ways for Formula One to look good in the modern world um and hopefully not have like prying eyes of people like shouting at them and sending schoolgirls out, out there to tell them that how dare they race. So anyway, that's that. No motorhomes, maybe in the future. They'll probably still be there. It's my point of view. 
don't like it. Doesn't matter. Um, but now on to twenty twenty stuff because we're getting close to testing. We're getting we've got cars. We've got two cars to talk about at the end of the podcast, actually. Um, but first of all, Racing Point uh, aimed to be best of the rest again in twenty twenty. After a significant uh, increase in fronts from Lawrence Stroll, uh, Racing Point also getting rebranded. Sorry, I said we weren't going to talk about 2020, but 2021, but here we are. Going to be rebranded as Austin Martin because he's now a massive investor in Austin Martin uh, or Aston Martin, one of the two. I can't I can't speak the English clever. But basically, I I think they're going to be all right this year. That team has a team of good people in it. They've always done a little, but a lot with a little. And when you consider the problems they've had in the past with nearly going under, they were owned by a, an actual pirate. Um, I, they've got a terrible name, but like I, I think even if they can build a car capable of being best of the rest, kind of think the stroll half is going to let the team down here. I don't think. I don't think old Stroll is uh, capable of helping a team in that tight mid-grid battle. I don't think he's capable of helping them become best of the rest. Not when you've got... If you've got Sergio Perez and uh, Lance Stroll in your car, then you look down the grid and you've got maybe in a comparable like performance car, a car from McLaren, you've got Laura, uh, Carlos Sainz, and um, Lando Norris in the car. Two great drivers. You know, they're, they're going to score points all day long for you. Um, who else have you got that's in there? I'd even go Grosjean and Magnussen if they can stop crashing into people. Uh, eat, both of those guys are better than Lance Stroll, aren't they? You know, it doesn't. it's not often that you hear me waxing lyrical about Haas drivers, but, <laughs> you know, we've got, to, we've got to put Stroll in perspective here. Um, Renault. Ocon, we'll see how Ocon gets on. Again, I've said it since he was in Force India. I'm I'm sceptical about how good uh, Esteban Ocon is. It is entirely possible that I am completely wrong about it and he's a future world champion. I, I don't believe it, to be perfectly honest. I think he was crashy when he was there. I think he was... Um, Pretty unsportsmanlike. Let's not forget when he robbed Max Verstappen of a win in Brazil. Um, when he was being lapped, he unlapped himself, and fuck it, was all the mess that ensued after that. Um, I'm. I expect him and Daniel Ricciardo to fall out. I like through the course of the season because I think they'll be on the track a lot together, and you've got somebody that's been out of racing for. Is it two years he was sidelined? Maybe I know he was definitely sidelined for a year. I think it might be two years he's he's been out. Have we had two years of racing point, or one year of no one year of racing point? Maybe it's just maybe it's just one year off he's had. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm skeptical at how he's gonna rack up against the rest of the guys. Big year, speaking of that, for Daniel Ricciardo. He needs to do something. He's too good to be, like, scratching for eighth. Uh, but I don't know where he'll go. Um, that relationship seemed to have soured last year. I think there's a lot of building that needs to go on. I think they need to essentially 
they've clearly given Daniel some big words why he should come to the team. It doesn't look like they've fulfilled whatever their end of the bargain was. I can understand why he's getting upset. Worst comes to worst, I suppose he's going to walk out of that place. Probably have to go somewhere like Haas if he can't get a a better drive further up the grid if all the seats are taken. Uh, but he will be $40 million better off. So let's not cry for him just yet. Um, what I did find interesting here was they were talking about hi- um, hiring and the staff at uh, the Force India, not Force India, Racing Point, used to be 405. It's now 465. You know, it's basically a whole office of, of people again. So um, I, I've, I, they've always done so well with what they've got. I'm convinced if they've hired 60 people, it's going to be 60 of the right people that are going to push the team forward. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, like, Lawrence Stroll, I think, is, he's not an idiot. I don't believe he's just doing this for his son. And I, I believe that he's got, what, for whatever reason, he's got the bug in Formula One here. We saw it, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago on the Three Legs, Four Wheels podcast. We see this all the time where someone will come into Formula One in a management capacity like Lewis Hamilton's dad did. And then he ended up managing other people and uh, getting more involved in different parts of the sport. Lawrence Stroll might have come in with his son. But I think uh, Lawrence Stroll is there for Lawrence Stroll with Lance Stroll. In this, in that team, that's why I think if if Lance performs poorly, he'll definitely be on his way out the door. Maybe not definitely, but he should be on his way out the door if they're going to push that team to do more. Anyway, exciting stuff, exciting twenty twenty stuff, new new car stuff. Well, almost new cars. Somebody tried to. Uh, Pull the wool over my eyes today with this by uh, sending uh, sending me pictures, sending me pictures of uh, this year's Mercedes uh, livery, uh, and pretended that he hadn't. He meant not to send it to me, so uh, and he meant to send it to somebody else, and he he did it like it was a leak, but it was like all over the internet at the time, which is weird, you know. Anyway. Uh, we have the Mercedes. It's now a Mercedes with a little tiny bit of red on it. Uh, it's not the most exciting of liveries. In fact, I, I'd i actually go as far to say is it's it's one of the poorest Mercedes livery because sometimes they do funky stuff with that like green stripe going on the car. This It just looks a bit dull. I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see what it looks like on, on this year's car because the model that we've got now, in case you don't know, is uh, last year's car. And uh, it's just got this year's livery on. So I don't. I like the fact they've still got the little red star on it for Nicky Lauda. Uh, I like even more the fact that this uh, in EOS, or however you pronounce that chemical company, their, their logo's in red on the top of the car. Makes me feel like it's got a little red cap on it, like Nicky Lauda. Um, apart from that, man, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a Mercedes. It's definitely a silver car at the front with a big turquoise stripe down it 
And then that silver car fades to a black car at the back, which has got lots of Mercedes logos on it, but one of them is red, and it's got a big 44 on the side of it, and it will have a big Bottas number on the side of the other car. That's basically it. <sighs> it's a bit disappointing, isn't it? I mean, I don't know what more what you're expecting. Is it? Should, am, I, am I stupid for wanting to, for, for expecting a little bit more from a livery? Probably am. I, in the same way as I look forward to see what the Red Bull looks like this year, and then lo and behold, looks like a fucking Red Bull, doesn't it? Um, the car that doesn't look like last year's car, and which looks bloody nice, is the Haas. Uh, I was wanting to record this podcast actually uh, tomorrow. But I can't because I've got band practice. And that would have meant I could have talked about the Ferrari any as well. But what I might do is come the end of the week, um, come the weekend when all the cars are out, you know, I can go through all the cars then. And that we will do we'll do a special car episode. So this is uh this is more of just a little little tease, little little test. Anyway. Haas, I'm sure you've all seen it. It's black, it's red, it's white. It looks very much like the 2018 Haas, but nice. You know, it, it it's it's a really nice looking racing car. It looks fast. Uh, I know it sounds stupid when you say it looks fast, but certain cars look fast, and it looks it's it, it's a nice looking car. Um, I hope it can do more than it, than they did last year, and I think there's re there's reason looking at this render to think that it will do more. Because I've got another picture here of this car next to the 2019 Ferrari. And if I said they were identical, I'd be lying. If I said they were very, 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 very similar, I'd be telling the truth. Um, The suspension on the front of the car is identical to Ferrari's suspension last year. That's what they're going with. The nose cone is that has got that like little sticky out nose bit again, like the Ferrari. The front wing is a swept back front wing, like the Ferrari's was last year. Uh, going through to the, um, I don't know what you call a little under tray at the beginning of the car, like the is it a diffuser or is, it, or, or is diffuser always at the back? Anyway, where the where the just before you get to the barge boards. Uh, it's again it looks very very similar to Ferrari with the uh, like that extra little jutty out wing before you get to the air boxes. The air boxes look very similar to last year's Ferrari. You might be seeing a theme here. Um, the cars do seem to be slightly smaller this year, which I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware that they were doing any uh, any changes to the dimensions, but they, it, it it appears to be. Like slightly smaller. Maybe that's just because of the working area on the front wing being minimised. Because I think they're they're down an element this year. I believe. Uh, I think you could have four elements, and you've got to have three this year on the front wing. Anyway, uh, the Coke bottle, so like the the like the Coke bottle shape going to the uh, to the back axle is identical to last year's Ferrari. Um, even down to the size of the tea tray, um, I 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock them for this. And I know lots of people will knock them for having like the oh it's just last year's Ferrari. Last year last time they used last year's Ferrari, Haas did really well. And Haas had a really good car. And last year they fucked it. So I I think this car is gonna put Haas much more where they want to be. Um back with the like Renaults and McLarens maybe and the Force Indias rather than this crazy contraption that they seemed to have cooked up last year where no one knew what was going going on with it apart from the fact that Grosjean was saying we need to go back to what we had in Australia and everyone said don't be stupid Roman then they did it and he was right and I think it saved his career so that's what we have we have a new Ferrari with a Hask skin on it a uh, oh sorry, an old Ferrari with a Haas skin on it, an old uh, Mercedes nearly nearly did it, an old Mercedes with a new skin on it, um, and now we wait for tomorrow, where tomorrow we have the Ferrari unveiling. I think we will we'll be able to tell then if there's are we just going to get like twenty nineteen car light? I know the. Um, like there's more there's more head protection isn't around the drivers this year. We're going to see less of the drivers, which is never a good thing. Uh, they're slowly closing those cockpits in, aren't they? One day you won't notice, and all of a sudden there'll be a roof on the car. You go, fucking hell, when did that happen? Um, again, it's like the noise. You, you, I saw a video of, like, the, was it the Toro Rosso that someone had posted, which was the last V10? Um, and someone posted on Twitter saying, oh, don't you miss that sound? I listened to it and thought, fuck, yeah, I miss the sound of the cars, but I'm not going to let it end my world. You know, it is it is what it is. Formula One's moved on, Formula One's changed. Formula One doesn't have those noises anymore. Um, the, you know, It was like the Halo, Halo came in, everyone lost their shit over the Halo. I was pretty down with the Halo from day one, to be perfectly honest. It didn't, it hasn't really bothered me. Um, the I'm sure the head protection is going to annoy people as well. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure why you would be put off a sport that's simply trying to be safer. Uh, I think there'll always be a risk in motorsport. You know, it's it's just it's it's the nature of the beast. There's you can make things so safe, but at the end of the day, the human body is it's so it is a fragile thing, and you can make what surrounds it as strong and as high tech with crumple zones and all sort whatever race like fire suits you want to put in extinguishing things but at the end of the day if you've got things that are going really fast that can stop really really suddenly you are always going to have a chance of damaging that meat vessel that's inside it so I'm, i'm all for the for the helping of changing things i mean if there's if there's one thing of a driver getting fucking injured like on a heroic lap around around Spa that crashes or, um, you know, it's the terrible incident that happened with, uh, with the Formula Two last year on the at the top of Eau Rouge. But like when you look at Massa's accident when he got hit in the head with a spring, that's not how we you know. If our gladiators have to have to like fall on a sword, 
let's not make it something that's thrown up and then hits them in the head or a tire that's loose or a car that goes over the top of another one like that. You know, it's it's just not it's not what we want. But I think twenty twenty five, I I'll be I'll be surprised if we can still see the driver's helmets by twenty twenty five. So that's my take anyway. I'm looking forward to seeing the new cars. I'm looking forward to testing next week. Uh, we will get really excited about first test and learn absolutely nothing about where the cars are, apart from we might see if one it happens to be really, really, really fragile. But yeah, I, I, I kind of expect a boring first test, to be perfectly honest. We're, we're dealing with real evolutions here, not revolutions. Um, I'll be more interested to see where what Red Bull look like they're doing. Um, because Red Bull have not been in title contendership now for a while, and I think if they, if I, I think they'll have to kind of show their hand a little bit early because they're going to have so much work to do to try and find out where they are. I expect Mercedes to be like eighteenth, and then a second quicker than everyone in Australia. So I I expect them to be sandbagging. Ferrari will probably look really, really quick and we'll all go, this is the year and then it won't be the year. I I see, I suppose because we do the podcast and stuff like that and I speak to you guys and I know, I know some of you are Ferrari fans and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I think it'll be really, really, really funny if Ferrari's awful. Like, I think it'll be hilarious. I Seb is going to be unbelievably upset that the car's terrible um i mean charlotte claire cries when he's over the moon so you know it's he it can be the best day ever and charlotte claire will complain about something so it's like charlotte claire complaining about a bad car for an entire year i'm all up for it i think it'll be really good so i'm probably i'm probably annoyed most years Sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're gonna. Well, next time I speak is we will have seen more cars. Uh, I think we'll get. Is it on Valentine's Day, Friday? We will get the new McLaren. I think. And there's another couple of cars on the 14th as well. Maybe the Renault. Uh, I'm sure the Toro Rosso. Maybe is that? Does that uh, pull the pull the rug off? Is it actually the first test on Friday? I need to check that out, or is it the week after? Can't remember. Anyway, I'm going to sign out here. Thank you for listening to me again. As I say, this should be weekly short podcasts now where we can talk about Formula One. Um, if you get in touch with me, we can talk about whether come the, the season, because what I usually do is, as long as the times work out, sometimes sometimes it, it, it doesn't work properly, um, and I have to leave it till the till like Sunday evening to to record the podcast. I don't do the podcast straight after the race, whereas in the European races it's much easier to do it straight after the race. But I might um, I might live stream the podcasts on patron or might do like a closed youtube thing or an open youtube thing i don't know if you depend depend on how many of you guys get in touch with me and would like to do that we could do the podcast as like a live interactive 
like race chat if you wanted and you where you could fire some questions and we could talk about what just happened um let me know if you guys if you guys are up for that if you just want me to do this i'll just do this so there's no there's nothing nothing crazy anyway thank you very much for listening to hot lap again and i will speak to you next week bye-bye